Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex of BTN, and we're back with another weekly episode of the Take 10 Podcast. So we continue to do these shows from home and try and find compelling guests for you to listen and pass the time. And this week we have a very compelling and exciting guest. Uh, he's somebody you likely heard of if you're a Big Ten football fan or NFL football fan. It's TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa, who's currently on the Detroit Lions, about to enter his second year on the Lions. Uh, TJ joined me for uh, about 15 minutes on uh, on Zoom and had a really fun conversation with him, really fun guy to talk to. And he was uh, extremely laid back and, and shared some really good stories from his Iowa days and from his rookie year in Detroit. So TJ is coming right up. And then after... TJ Hawkinson, we talked to, as we do most weeks here on the show, our BTN researcher, Harold Shelton. And since there are no sports to talk about, as we've done pretty much weekly, we found uh, some sliver of the sports world to talk about and debate. And in this case, we are talking about best college sports uniforms over the years. So I ranked some Big Ten uniforms. Harold did... uh, uniforms in the Big Ten and outside the Big Ten as well, and it was a fun discussion, so stay tuned for that. First, let's kick it over to TJ Hawkinson, Iowa and Detroit Lions tight end. That interview starts right now. Now a quick word from our sponsor, Northwestern University School of Professional Studies. If you've ever thought about a career in sports, check out the master's program in sports administration at Northwestern University. You can build your skill set, and your network in evening or online classes. Find out more at sps.northwestern.edu slash sports. Good opportunity there for those who are looking to get in the sports industry, maybe work at a place like a Big Ten Network. All right, now TJ Hawkinson. Very pleased to be joined by Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson, eighth overall pick out of the University of Iowa in 2019. TJ, how are you, man? Good, how are you guys? Doing great, just hanging out in Chicago, still, uh, you know, kind of in, in self-quarantine here. I'm curious, being an NFL athlete, what's kind of been your protocol? Where are you hanging out and how are you staying busy and staying in shape? Yeah, I mean, I'm back in um, I'm back in Iowa right now, um, Sheridan more specifically, um, but I've been doing um, some treatments and stuff out in Iowa City, so I've been transferring here and there, and, but you know, Powerlift, uh, they hooked me up really well, and uh, they, they set me up with a, a nice squat rack and, and a bunch of weights, so, um, you know, it's, it's been really good, and, um, you know, I just appreciate them for, you know, giving me some equipment to help me stay in shape, so. Yeah, everything's kind of speculation, at least from the outside, looking in with the NFL and when things might get going. I know the schedule releases tonight, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, what's the communication been like just with the Lions and with the league and uh, just any information that, that you've received on when things might get going here? Uh, you know, you know as much as I do. <laughs> um, you know, this is a crazy time for all of us, and, you know, we're all just looking at Looking at it day by day, I think we're all trying to, um, you know, get better every day. And, uh, you know, the Lions is an organization. And then, um, you know, the University of Iowa, you know, I think we're just trying to take what they give us and, you know, keep moving forward. So, For sure. And you're getting ready for year two in the NFL. I'm curious, what's something you learned or experienced as a rookie that you wish maybe you could have told yourself or someone would have told you if you're sitting in that same spot a year ago today and you're getting ready to start your career? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and I said this when I was coming out, was just the knowledge of the game. Um, you're going against guys that have been playing for 10 years, um, you know, and you've got to catch up at that, at that mentality and that, that mental level. Um, so I think that's still the biggest challenge that I uh, am trying to, you know, catch up on this offseason is just the knowledge of the game and reading defenses and, and just being able to react faster than I was last year. So, um, you know, I think I, I think I knew that last year. There's interviews where I was like, yeah, this is it. But, um, you know, that really showed up in the, in the year and especially halfway and towards the end of the year, you know, just trying to be able to react as fast as those guys. So I think that's, again, the, the, the another, another challenge that, you know, I have to, have to come through with. So. For sure. And obviously Iowa is a huge platform with a huge fan base. But, you know, you get to the NFL, it's a whole other level, uh, national audience, most popular sport. 
in the country. So what's it been like kind of being on that stage? Like, did you know anyone who had you on their fantasy football team? Like, did you play with yourself in Madden? Was there any of those weird kind of through the looking glass experiences? Yeah, no, it's, it's been a, a, a different experience for sure. You know, there's a lot of different platforms that you're on now. And, uh, you know, my buddies, you know, were texting me last year during the season about fantasy and I was like, all right, yeah, you know, uh, but then the, the, the weirdest part was probably, uh, you know, a couple of months ago when I, I was playing against my buddy and he was the Lions and uh, he was yelling at me because my guy missed the ball or something. And I was like, yeah, that's my fault, you know. But So I guess that's been kind of the craziest, the weirdest experience was like, you know, playing playing against yourself on, on that or playing with yourself on that. And I guess it's, it's kind of been fun, so. That's funny. I was going to say, if you didn't know somebody before who had you on their fantasy team, you do now. I, I had you on my team last year. So, uh, full disclosure. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. I need another one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, out of curiosity, just with your first year in the books in Michigan, in Detroit, you know, say the world is normal right now and you're, you're hanging out there, and if your family and friends come visit you in the Detroit area, where are you taking them first, like, as your tour guide? Like, is there a restaurant or a sporting event or – or somewhere that you take them to give them that Detroit experience? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of restaurants. That I, I love Hyde Park. Uh, that's, in, that's in Birmingham. Uh, I took my parents there quite a bit. But, uh, you know, just the city of Detroit, uh, you know, just, just the history that they have. I mean, downtown is such a sweet area to be. Ford Field, um, you know, going around that entire area, you know, is, is just uh, super special. And, you know, there's a lot of history that, that goes into the downtown Detroit. Um, but you know, just, just being in the city and being, you can tell it's a blue collar city. Uh, you can tell guy, you know, people that are, are there to work hard and, and they, they, you know, there's, they're working two, three jobs. Um, and, and just, it's like, like I said, it's a blue collar city. And that's, I think what the lines are all about is blue collar. And, and we're going to put our you know nose to the dirt every day and, and work hard. So, um, you know, I think, I think, the team and the and then the the city would lay well on that and then you know that's kind of where you know when i when i bring somebody around the city that's kind of what i want them to see as well so yeah and you're right that area around ford field's really nice uh went to a tigers yeah. once and it was cool to walk around um yeah. i want to get to your time in iowa before we wrap up tj and obviously you know i was got this feeling of being uh teu tight end university and and before we uh even talk about some that's of the, the great yeah, absolutely. And before we talk about some of the tight ends that, uh, you know, you, you've joined in that, that history, I want to just kind of start at the very end of your career there and your decision to play in the bowl game um, and, and not forego it. I know, like, the trend, especially lately, has been for a lot of projected draft picks or people who want to protect their stock to sit out. So what went into that decision to take part in that? Uh, I mean, it really wasn't much of a decision for me. Like, I knew I was going to play in the bowl game either way. Um, you know, I think I think there's a certain level of uh, respect I, I had to give to my teammates and just that, you know, hey, I've been with you throughout this entire time. I'm going to be with you throughout this next game, um, no matter what I plan to do or what, you know, what happens. So I think that was kind of where, I, you know, the, my teammates leaned on me and I leaned on them throughout the entire season. So it would have been kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't want that, um, you know, that kind of, you know, slap in the face for them just to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know. Um, but I think I think it's also, um, you know, a cool experience uh, just to be in that type of environment. Um, you know, you only get to be in college so many times. Uh, you know, you only get to play so many games in, in college. Um, and, you know, then now it's, uh, you know, that, that, that really wasn't much of a decision for me. So I guess, I guess that's kind of where I leave it. For sure. Um, it's interesting, you know, going into your last year at Iowa, uh, forgive me for my ignorance, but when we were visiting Iowa city in your practice in the, uh, the August bus tour, I actually have met you before we did a, uh, we did a, <laughs> did a video with you and Noah Fant and we requested, you didn't let me sign the bus. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, that's actually my biggest, uh, my biggest gripe with play, like players when they come to me and complain, they're, they're mad. They're not on the bus. And I'm like, I have nothing to do with it. It's like some marketing company. But anyway, we sought out Noah Fant because he was the name that we knew just as, you know, yeah. as being kind of out, outsiders. And both of you guys did a video with us where you and Noah were kind of just doing drills. And um, I didn't know as much about you. So, so that's my fault. But 
what what uh what did you learn from each other and from uh from Noah while you were there and and you know eventually leading to a really unique thing being two first round draft picks at tight end out of the same school yeah no I mean having Noah at Iowa was the best thing for I think both of us you know we pushed each other every day um he's such a great dude uh I love Noah I mean he he works hard I mean every day we went in and we um you know, we really, we really pushed each other. I think that was the biggest thing is, um, you know, we, we both wanted to be great and we ended up being there together. Um, and that's, that's the, that was the coolest part of being at the end of it. And now looking back and it's like, man, we really pushed each other. We really wanted um, to be great, both of us. And, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what drove us every day. Um, so, you know, Noah and I have such a great relationship. I mean, he's, he's a great dude. Um, you know, we're, I think we're going down to Nashville and training with, with each other here soon. So, um, you know, he, he's a great guy. Love that. Love him. He's doing well right now. And, uh, you know, we'll just continue our relationship. So. Awesome. Yeah. And, and knowing, you know, the history of that position at Iowa, I want to try a quick exercise real quick with, um, you know, building your ultimate Iowa tight end. Right. So from. Okay. The categories I'm going to give you are uh, are hands, speed, size, blocking, and then overall personality. So I'll, we can go one by one. So like if you had to take any any tight end in Iowa history and get their hands, uh, put them on the hands team, who would you pick? Hank. Okay. How about speed? Speed. No upright. He's pretty. He's pretty quick. <laughs> overall size, strength. Size. C.J. Fedorowicz. Blocking skills? Um, blocking. You can pick yourself, by the way. See, I, 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 I would, but Dallas, Clark. Personality. There's too many grades. I can't, I can't be throwing my name out there when there's so many grades, you know? Understood. That's tight end you. There's too many. So the, the last one is personality. Which, which, uh, George. Which, I, I was, I was. You know, uh, do you know George? You know I've George? actually had him. Dude, I had him on the podcast as, like, my third overall guest. We've done, like, 150 episodes. He was, like, the third person, and that was before he was obviously a star. It was, he was fresh out of Iowa. Um, he had just yeah. been drafted, and he was awesome. And I was like, this dude is going to be a, a electric in the NFL. So Right. Turned out no, like, he's, he's hilarious. I love yours. So, love hanging out with him. Just brings the energy. So Yeah, he, he was an awesome guest. And uh, I figured when I put the personality clause in there that uh, <laughs> he'd probably be the one. Uh staying on the Iowa uh, topic and some of your teammates there, who was the toughest guy in defense that you went up against in practice? Um, toughest guy I went up to defense in practice. So there's a few, I got a few stories with it. Um, I went up against da or, uh, Desmond my freshman year, um, redshirted, and I just – Tried to go balls to the wall every day and, and scout because I was a scout team guy, you know, and so he covered me all the time. So he was he was tough. I just tried to, you know, make him better and do whatever. But he actually screwed up my pinky, if you can see that. My fresh my freshman year he screwed that up. And so that's that that was that's one guy. And then probably the other one, uh, Josie, Jewel, obviously. He was just super physical. Um, and both of those guys are great guys, you know, and I love going against them in practice, they just made me better. So yeah, the pinky thing is, is interesting, especially with football players. Like, we have uh, one of our, our analysts on TV at BTN is Joshua Perry. And when I first mm -hmm. met him and whenever I shake his hand, he's got, like, the screwed-up pinky, kind of like you. Right. Yeah, you can't, like, straighten it kind of. It's, like, a little weird. Just a badge <laughs> of honor for, for football guys. For sure. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of guys and defensive backs, you know, you might have to go up against. You guys got Jeff Okuda uh, out of Ohio State with that third overall yep. pick in 2020. When, if you haven't already, when are you going to give him a hard time about that 2017 game against the Buckeyes? That's what, oh, you know, it's coming. When, when I see him, it's coming. So, <laughs> no, he, he, uh, he, I'm super, we're all, I think we're all super excited about that pick. Um, yeah, he's going to fit the mold well. So, uh, but yeah, no, he's definitely going to get something for that. <laughs> that Ohio State game, I remember that game vividly. And it, that was kind of your, uh, that was like a coming out party for you, right? You had a pretty good game, a couple touchdowns. Uh, how did your career arc I guess change after that if at all yeah I mean I think it kind of gave me the confidence to uh you know that I was able to play at, at that level and you know I had been playing throughout the 
entire year, but I think that game I was just, you know, ready to go. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a fun time for all of us. You know, I think Noah had two, I had two, um, you know, and it was, it was kind of the tight end you kind of showing up. So Josh Jackson snapped. I remember one handed. Right. That was, yeah. That was <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of some of those big 10 connections in the, in the league, uh, Purdue's David Blau made his lines in NFL debut last year. I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, I'm a, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, Bear, I'm a Bears fan and watching him come out on uh, Thanksgiving and score mm-hmm. immediately in front of the entire country is pretty cool. He also has been on the show. So uh, nice. another, another friend of the pod there. Um, but how yeah. much did you guys interact and did you talk about your, your uh, big 10 battles at all during his time in Detroit? Yeah. David's such a great guy. I mean, we, we talked about a few, I mean, the last year, 20, 2019, when they when they beat us at their place, um, and then we we had when they were playing last year, we had a couple, we had a, we had some bets down, but um, David, David's such a good guy. I mean, he he killed it at the Lions last year, and um, you know it's kind of it's kind of cool to have those Big Ten connections. Uh, it really is, you know. So in the league, and then just being able to talk about different different games in the past. So that's kind of what we had. He could have bragged about uh, getting to sign the bus because he, he's another guy who got to sign the bus. Oh, he got to sign it. Wow. All right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed about that. <laughs> I, I love how that's a thing. Like, I, I'm going to have to take that back to our, uh, our internal <laughs> marketing people. I, think, I don't think they realize how big of a deal it is. But uh, I'm, waiting. I'm still waiting to sign it. I'm excited about it. I know. So. Maybe we'll, make, we'll have, like, an alumni <laughs> bus. We'll, we'll do a tour. Um, staying on your QBs, you know, I saw a video recently of Matt Stafford doing mm-hmm. a Zoom interview kind of like this. And I can't remember the uh, the platform it was on or, or what show it was, but he was doing these advanced like multiplication tables off the top of his head. Like the the, the host would say like what's two thousand five hundred sixty times three thousand four eighty, and he was able to do it like a savant, like seamlessly in his head. Like, did you know he could he had those skills and and was some sort of math wizard? Uh, I mean, Matthew's such, he's probably one of the smartest dudes I've ever met. I mean, really, he. Uh... I mean, I just remember talking, you know, being in the film sessions with him last year, and he, you know, he would be like, "Oh yeah, play 23 on, you know, 2018, whatever." And you're like, "What? Wait, what? <laughs> like 23? But play 20, you know?" And you go back and look, and you're like, "Yeah, that, that was the, yeah, that was play 23." You know what he's talking about? And he, uh, I mean, his 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 the way he, he works and the way. His brain works. I mean, is is, is phenomenal. Like it's crazy. It's 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 awesome to be a part of that. So, does he have any other like hidden talents? Like, is he can he juggle or do something else that's just unfairly talented at? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. He's he's not. He doesn't really flaunt all that stuff usually. But he's he's good at whatever he does. I mean, that's the truth. I don't think he's bad at anything. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, like, can you just leave some skill for the rest of us? Like, you're already an NFL starting quarterback. <laughs> um, and you know, people that see numbers like that always get on my nerves too, because I've never been able to like visualize numbers or math like that. So that that was crazy when I saw him do that. Right. Uh, all right, TJ. Last question: What's kind of been your main non-football hobby or activity during all this uh, isolation? I guess like, you have any new shows? Are you playing video games? I know some people are cooking. What's kind of been keeping you busy besides yeah i'm not a huge video game guy but uh when i you know i try i do every once in a while you know i've been playing a little 2k and some fortnite and some you know call of duty but i I really i I really don't play it that much uh i mostly like being outside so i've been sneaking on the golf course and you know trying to play you know some golf and and doing some stuff and then the mj documentary comes out you know so now he's really got me trying to lose some money in golf you know but uh no that's that's kind of been the main the main hobby that i've been doing so yeah i'm a, I'm a bulls fan so i've been absolutely just uh devouring the mj talk and it's awesome it's sweet it really is i mean it's it's a lot of fun to watch on so you know it's something to look forward to right now for sure Definitely much needed. But, uh, hey, TJ, I appreciate you you taking some time, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, best of luck, and, and hopefully, you know, things get back to normal and you guys can get back at it soon, man. For sure. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Thanks once again to TJ for taking some time. Really enjoyed talking to him. 
and um, appreciate him sharing some of those stories and best of luck to him as he continues his NFL career. All right, we'll toss it over now to BTN researcher Harold Shelton. Harold and I listed our favorite college sports uniforms over the years. It can be alternate, throwback, classic, you name it. Uh, we, we listed off our best ones, discussed them a little bit, and also talked a little bit of news of the day, but there's not much going on right now in college sports. So um, get to a little bit of that in the beginning and then moved on to our uniform rankings. So get right to it. It's the Take 10 podcast discussion with BTN researcher Harold Shelton. Starts right now. All right. Very pleased to be back again virtually with Harold Shelton. H, before I ask how you're doing, um, you're looking pretty fresh. You, you got a collared shirt on. I don't know if I've worn a collared shirt in the last two months. Uh, what's, what's going on? Yeah, it felt pretty weird, to be honest, uh, to actually put on a collared shirt. Uh, earlier today, I had a, a interview for the uh, basketball all-decade team um, and just kind of going through, you know, some of my picks and some of the guys that, you know, I chose and why I chose them and the spots that I chose them and who I left off and why I left them off. And so um, they said collar shirt would probably be the way to go there. Um, and I tried to not wear a green shirt. And so I stumbled upon this and here we are. Nice. Yeah. I don't know how much we're revealing yet about the all decade team. Um, so I won't really say specifics, but um, you and I did vote on the BTN all decade basketball and football teams, which will be unveiled at some point. Um, I don't know why they trusted me. Cause like, again, I wasn't paying that close of attention to uh, big 10 football and basketball outside of uh, my alma mater, Illinois, before I got to BTN. But I do think, you know, since then I've kind of accumulated that knowledge and, and retained it. So um, yeah, that's at least half a decade, right? Yeah, half a decade. You're right. I started in 2016. So I got that going for me. And I, I did pay attention, just not like as in depth as you did um, as the researcher for, for BTN. So uh, I'm sure your poll's got a little more merit to it than mine. Now, I think that the beauty of those things is that you rank them based on you know, a variety of things. I don't know if there's one way to go in terms of that. You know, some people love just doing the straight off stats. Other people try to have a combo of stuff. Other people could just say, hey, there's the most talented guy. So that's why I picked them. So, you know, I'm sure your reasons are obviously going to be valid. And, you know, there's a, you know, a formula that you used. And it might, I'm sure it's probably pretty similar to what I had. Now I'm scared they're going to ask me to like defend myself and put on a collared shirt and, and explain my picks. So <laughs> it's kind of like jury duty. I'll be, I'll be on the lookout for that notice. Um, yeah, you know, our team, we'll see. You. you host the pod, you know how it goes. I'm sure you'll be fine when it comes to interview questions or whatnot. All right. Well, I appreciate the heads up. Um, now that we're back in a kind of weekly rhythm for now, I want to at least start each session with the news of the day, news of the week type update. I feel like nothing really significant in the sports world has happened. Um, we had the NFL draft the week before that, so there's plenty to talk about. Uh, things have kind of quieted down as we're all still in this limbo holding pattern. So did anything jump out to UH in the, the last week, newsworthy or otherwise? Um, the Kevin Kevin Warren piece that came out uh, on Monday, I know he, he talked with Dave Rebs and then some of the guys um, about that was the, the mental health initiative. Um, that he put out, um, obviously, in these trying times, having something like that, um, obviously, is an extremely important piece in terms of healing. Uh, the fact that it actually came out before all of this happened uh, was news to me. You know, um, I've been really, really impressed with the commissioner uh, since he's come in. And I mean, he's, you know, been met with a lot of things since <laughs> joining the conference officially. Um, you know, back in January when he became the full-time commission. But, yeah, this this initiative is, you know, he basically is – there's students from all 14 campuses. There's a committee that meets. Uh, the fact that, you know, he's taking the time and being at the forefront of letting athletes know, hey, if you're having an issue, um, and it's not just, you know, physically, if you're having an issue off the court, off the field, whatever it may be, that we are here to 
see how you're doing. Uh, we want to make sure that student athlete experience is very, very important. I uh, want to do everything that we can to make sure that, you know, you can go forward with your athletic career. And so I think it's, it's outstanding what he's doing. You know, again, members from uh, all four all, reps from all 14 league members, plus uh, Johns Hopkins for lacrosse, plus Notre Dame for hockey. Um, Big 10 will give athletes, coaches, full-time members, uh, and conference staff members free access to Calm, which is, you know, a popular mental fitness app. Um, and so the fact that, you know, back in December, that, you know, they had a cabinet meet for the first time to discuss this, and the fact that it's continued to go forward, you know, I think is it's a really big step and something that's long overdue. Yeah, agreed. Uh, definitely an important initiative, and kudos to the conference and him for stepping up to do that. I, I do think athletes have gone a long way toward lifting that mental health stigma, you know, uh, as far as weakness goes and, and how athletes are kind of expected to quote man up or whatever the, the term terminology has been over the years. So uh, good call on that. And you're right. I mean, it's crazy to think that he took over on, uh, I think January, like you said, and in those few months has had the shutdown of big 10 sports had the name image and likeness ruling had just all kinds of issues come across his desk in such a short time. It's like, you know, welcome to the league. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, I think it certainly helps that, you know, he has an NFL background, you know, was a student athlete himself. Uh, the fact that he, you know, kind of had a, a buffer period uh, as Delaney was still in office, he was still kind of working his way through some things. So it wasn't like he just came, you know, in completely cold, but, He's had a lot on his plate, like you said, to be the full-time commissioner less than a year. For sure, for sure. Um, so since there's not really any other big news to get to, I want to get to our topic of the week. And if people are, haven't listened yet, um, during this lockdown, we've kind of tried to stray outside of sports news because there isn't much to talk about as far as new developments go. So kind of pick a topic each week and, and dive in like many other uh, publications, podcasts, et cetera, have been doing. Um, this week, I suggested we do uniforms and listing our best uniforms over, uh, you know, throughout history and, and it could be present day if you want, but uniforms are always a topic, as you well know, that drive a lot of discussion, debate, passionate uh, responses, especially with a school like yours, Michigan State, pretty much going throughout the whole spectrum of uh, creativity throughout years and especially this decade too they've been they've been wilding out with some uh some of their designs and and um as we'll talk about in a little bit here they also had some really really uh, iconic looks yeah it's, it's definitely weird for me um i was very used to just you know one or two uniforms the occasional throwback uniform uh but yeah like you said i mean they've had some some neons they've had some blacks they've had gray you know, in addition to just your normal green and white look. And so uh, some I thought have been uh, a hit. I think some were a complete miss. I think others kind of get nostalgic because if you win on them, then who cares? Um, and so it's, it's definitely different. It feels like everybody's trying to be Oregon out here. Yeah, Oregon really did change the game. And I remember that was kind of when I was a high school athlete and really was into those alternate looks and, and really into – the explosion of the neon and the crazy colors and Oregon was just cool, not only to me, but to people who mattered and, and athletes that, you know, wanted to play for schools that were changing up the looks like that. Um, so basically we, we each made a list in mine. Uh, I, I kept it contained to the big 10 and ba basically did my top 10 big 10 uniforms. Um, and I have football and basketball included there. And you took it outside the big 10. You did, um, you know, throughout, throughout college sports, I believe. So I'll go first and I'll go 10 to one from my, uh, you know, I guess least favorite of the top 10 to, to my ultimate favorite. And then we'll uh, toss it over to you if that sounds good. And you can react and criticize me, hate on it all you want, or offer up some, some context to, to my selections. No, I'm good with that. All right. We'll do that and vice versa. So at the top, um, immediately when I thought of classic 
iconic looks, Penn State football came to mind. And my colleague Brent Arena is really big on the Penn State football look. He, he, I think, ranks Penn State football like in his top two or three looks across all sports ever. I disagree. Wow. I, I, I like the classic look. I don't think there's anything particularly um, special about them, though. Like, they're iconic for sure, and they've had a lot of success. So instead of going the iconic Penn State white helmet, blue jersey, uh, I went with their kind of alternate look. And I might be misattributing uh, that look. I don't know if it's a throwback or not, but it has the numbers on the helmets and the yeah, throwback blue look. jerseys. Yeah, is, is that throwback? Because I really like that look. Yeah, I remember uh, Saquon wore it. Uh, I want to say that that team it was twenty seventeen ish or so, and they might have done it another time too. But yeah, I do like that one a little better. Um, again, it's a classic look, but I'm not a huge fan of like really, really plain. Like I like having something, and so at least like the number on the helmet's a nice touch, and so I'm with you hundred percent on that. That's what I was looking for, plain. They're a little plain for my taste. I understand why fans love them, why they resonate, but uh, the number goes a long way on the side of the helmet. So that's my number 10. Um, number nine, I wonder if you remember these. For some reason, this game really sticks out in my head, and, and um, I don't know if there's an anniversary or something or why, why I saw extended clips from this game fairly recently this year, but the Michigan Adidas throwback look back when they were still with Adidas when they played Notre Dame under the lights. And I, I think it might've been one of the last games um, before that rivalry paused, but they had a really classic Adidas look with the, um, I can't remember what the, the term for the Adidas logo is, but the clover looking one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just was a really neat throwback look And Notre Dame's jerseys are pretty cool too, but that's one that stood out to me. And I know uh, Michigan has gone to Nike and the Jumpman Jordan set up now and I really think that's a sharp look too but those throwbacks back I think in 2011 were were really flashy yeah see I, I the Adidas look for me just always is a problem I and I know like Miami has some Adidas looks that were decent and then it has some others that were horrible um, I feel like Adidas kind of they tried to be creative for sure it might have gone a little too far um, I actually, in terms of the Michigan jersey, I think like that, just the the Jumpman one they have now, like just the home blue jersey uh, with <clears throat> just their normal home look. And obviously the wing helmet, everybody knows. I think for me, that's probably their best look. The 2011 one, it just, ugh, I don't know. It, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't disagree that Adidas has had some misses over the years. Uh, and now that they've really come back into – pop culture and and with their, with their collaborations and with easy and all that they're they're really hot uh, I, I don't think their their uh selection of jerseys over the years has been as great um or as worthy but i do like that michigan one so that's my number nine number eight going down the list uh indiana just the classic basketball jersey um you know throughout the years it hasn't really changed much and it's one, another one of those simple ones, but I think it's a version that just works. It's, it's classic. You know, you can either be in the crimson or the cream. You associate it with iconic teams, and, and you know it's Indiana when they come out in the court. And, by the way, I, if anyone listened last week, you remember I tried to watch Blue Chips, and it didn't work. Um, I finally got it to work. I found it on Amazon Prime Video for free. Nice. So, uh, if anyone has seen that movie, they know that Indiana comes out and plays – the fake Western university for um, the big game of the movie kind of at the end. And again, you know, that's Indiana basketball with those jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the other thing with Indiana too, I'm a big fan of schools that have something where, you know, it's them. Obviously the candy stripe pants Mm -hmm. is always an, an Indiana thing. And even before the game starts, if you see those pants, you know, Indiana's on the court. And so, for me, that's something that's, you know, a cool quirk of theirs that sticks out and, you know, it's all part of their tradition. Right. You know, there's brand equity when there's something that would look completely ridiculous on anyone else or walking down the street, but it just looks cool and iconic like the candy stripe pants do. Yeah, like, there's exactly. nothing, like no one, no one points and laughs at that. They're like, oh, you know, that's, that's IU basketball. And they've made it into an iconic look for sure. So agreed on that front. Um. 
Moving on to seven for me, sticking with basketball. And this look I didn't really know of until the last couple of years when Ohio State started playing one game per year in their old St. John Arena. They, they're taking um, mm-hmm. their game out of the uh, Schottenstein Center and playing in their their uh, smaller and throwback arena. And they wear the throwback jerseys to match. Uh, talking about the gray jerseys with the scarlet kind of typewriter print almost, block mm-hmm. print. It says Ohio on top, state below the numbers, and it's just really classic look, really sharp, clean. I think Ohio State pulls off the gray better than most schools. Um, obviously, it's their, their one of their primary colors, but they really make it work. And uh, I just like that basketball look, and it really fits well when they do it big in their throwback arena with the throwback court. They even do the, the special court, and just a great look. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Um, they actually have a uh, – and I think they wore it a few times this year. They have, they have a red throwback with the uh, the script Buckeyes. Like That's a good one, too. Yeah. Across. I love that uniform. That's also a great one. They have the Buckeye leaf, too. Mm-hmm. Adds a little green on it. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, all right, taking it back to football for number six. And, you know, if Ohio State fans like that last pick, they won't like this one because this is painful memories for them. But Iowa wears this black alternate once in a while. Yeah. I don't know if they've – worn it more than once but I definitely remember for that Ohio State game back in 2017 it kept the Buckeyes out of the playoffs because they smoked Ohio State at home in those sweet black alternate uniforms and um, I think it was Josh Jackson had just a crazy game so whenever I see those black alternate uniforms I think of whooping Ohio State and Josh Jackson just making crazy plays yeah that game and again kind of to the point you just made and the point that I was making uh, when this started. There's certain uniforms you remember, and you remember the the scene and the atmosphere and the game that they were played in. And it, maybe if they lose that game, for me, it does. They that uniform isn't that memorable. But because of, you know, the 55-24 win and Josh Jackson with the, the crazy one-handed pick and, you know, everything that kind of went into it, those uniforms I remember even more so than they were if they were just playing Miami, Ohio, or something like that. Yeah, and Ohio State has cool black alternates, too. And, and you, I remember those from the crazy game against Michigan in 2016, the Curtis Samuel game. Um, they wore those alternates, and, and Jerry DiNardo asked Urban Meyer about it when, when they rewatched on Instagram Live a couple weeks back and relived that game. And he asked, like, what Urban thought of the throwbacks. And Urban's like, I like them because the kids like them, but I also like the traditional look. So I thought – you know, that w- that's probably the approach most college coaches take is, like, they'll wear anything if it gets them, uh, you know, interest from recruits. But but they probably, if you ask them to choose themselves, would choose the classic look. Yeah, I feel like most schools will. Um, like, Penn State, I can't see them doing, like, anything crazy alternate-wise. Like, they're pretty set with their standard look. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Alabama's similar – you know, there's certain schools, I think, that they have a really nice look, and so there's no need to really change it. Um, and, you know, the uniform that they have already speaks for itself. And so I think schools like that, they don't have to go too crazy. Back to Iowa's black look. Like, they have a they have a good, solid look. It is very Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. You watch it. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, really. It's probably a good thing because both programs have been really successful. Uh, but I just like that black alternate look a little bit better. Um, be, speaking of alternate – Black uniforms. My number five is the Nebraska black shirts that they rolled out this season. I don't think they won the game, so it wasn't because of a successful um, on-field performance, but they just had a really, really sharp look to them, and Adidas did another really good job on this one. I know we um, were discussing the merits of that with Michigan's, but there was a really great unveiling video. So I think in this case, the video hyping up the jersey and revealing it also left an impression on me. And I just really liked, um, you know, Nebraska kind of taking that black shirt tradition and giving a modern twist to it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, like you said, there have been some misses from Adidas, but uh, I like that one a lot. They did a really good job with the reveal. Um, and for whatever reason, I'm just a fan of uniforms that you don't wear out. Like if you're going to have an alternate, make it a special thing maybe once every couple of years or like you specifically wear for a certain reason. Yeah. I think I don't know where's the gray ones on homecoming. And I don't, 
I don't love those uniforms. They're okay. But like the fact that, you know, they're just going to wear them on homecoming. Right. Um, I can handle it. And I, you know, then they got a huge win over Wisconsin. So those are going to be remembered for forever. I think just because they were wearing them that day. Yeah. And I want to say they had a, a like they had a win against Minnesota a yep. few years back when Minnesota was pretty good under Jerry kill. And, I think that might have been the first time they wore those, the galloping ghost unis, and they wound up winning. So I feel like we might be seeing those a little bit more. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, like I said, the Nebraska black shirts one that, you know, they're not just randomly wearing black. There's, like, a tradition there. And um, and I know, you know, that usually comes with good defense. So hopefully Nebraska can can get back to that. I know, I know the fans always talk about the, the team upholding that black shirt tradition. So I know they want to see it back as soon as possible. Um Moving on to number four, this one I kind of forgotten about, but I was looking through some Final Four footage or the, the season where Wisconsin had a, a run of the Final Four back-to-back, actually, in 2014 and 15, and they wore this throwback look that had the Bucky Badger logo, the throwback logo on the side of the shorts, the jersey was really good, classic look with the Wisconsin print across the chest. And it was just a really good kind of – I think it was a, a classic throwback look. I think they, they actually wore that back in the day. But um, for whatever reason, it just translates really well modern. I, I know the throwback look is kind of in right now. Retro is kind of in. But for uh, whatever reason, I think you know which ones I'm talking about. Those, those are just really sharp. Yeah, those really are. Um, again, I'm always a fan if you can, can kind of pull from the history uh, and just wear it every once in a while, not something that you do all the time. But I like being able to kind of reach back and remind fans of what the uniforms used to look like and put your, you know, your 2020 spin or 2015 spin on it. I'm a big fan of that. For whatever reason, that Buckeye – or I'm sorry, that Bucky Badger logo just really – you know what I'm talking about where he's like pouting and angry and it's not their primary logo now, but it's one that just kind of translates really well and has staying power. And I'm sure it's a, it's a popular retro look, you know, with students now and people that held on to their merchandise all these years. And it's funny because Bucky's like a happy mascot, you know, he walks around goofy guy. Um, and then he's, he's angry on the shorts, but and in that old logo, but I, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, I all right, number three, getting in the top three. My th- This predates the Big Ten, but uh, it's Maryland's throwback basketball when they had the the piping on the trim. If you remember what I'm talking about, it almost looked like, like Christmas lights on their, uh, on their basketball jerseys. And I don't know when they went away from this look, but I know it was before they got to the Big Ten, and I know it left an impression on me as a little kid, because there was a, a game I went to and Maryland was playing in probably 2001 or two. Maryland was really good. Uh, national championship. Good. They played it in Illinois and I was seven or eight years old. And I just remembered Maryland for having that trim on the jerseys and just a really classic look. And um, I'm not sure if they've ever brought that back for a throwback game recently, but yeah, I don't think they have. I wish they would. Yeah, they should. They, it's such an iconic look. Yeah, and Maryland has a good, I think, good set of uniforms in general. Like, Under Armour's done a good job with their look. They they work the flag in to everything, obviously. But that look, you know, stuck with me all these years. Yeah, it's, it's a great look. Um, big fan of it. I've always been a big fan of, of Maryland's look. And I think, you know, the fact that they incorporate their state flag and a lot of stuff is pretty cool as well. I know they do that in a lot of their uh, newer designs, especially in football. Um, but yeah, I was a big fan of that look that they won the title with no two. All right. You're going to like these top two, I think, because my second one, we talked about the Buckeye cursive script logo script is back in. seems like it was a seventies and eighties origination. And now teams are, are going back to it. And, uh, my alma mater, Illinois went back to it this year for the first time. It was a, it was a Jersey that I'd seen in their little hall of fame museum at the arena and always hope that they would bring back as some sort of throwback look. And Illinois has not done a great job over the years of like, of getting a classic basketball look. They've, they've jumped around a lot and finally I think settled on a good set of jerseys and includes the Illinois script cursive across the front white Jersey 
that I just think look really sharp and was a huge hit with, with fans this year. And it kind of coincided with a good season for the uh, jerseys to even be looked even more fondly upon as people will watch highlights from this year. So love the Illinois script throwback. Was hoping they'd bring it back for years. And I think I enjoyed it so much because it took inspiration from my number one pick, which was the Michigan State script throwback. And I'd always hoped that more schools would do that. It's a classic look. I'm sure you agree with me. But uh, I know in general you just appreciate a good script, crisp throwback jersey. I mean, the fact that you made that number one definitely is, is awesome. I love those script state unis. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of March is that when they are the home team, uh, whether it's in the Big Ten tournament or an NCAA tournament, they will wear the white script state unis that I didn't you know, know that. are owed to the magic era. Uh, I know they've been doing that probably the last five or six years or so. Uh, and so I love seeing that. I love the big, huge yellow logo on the shorts. Um, love the script across the front. What is the yellow thing? I always, I, I'm never, I can never can remember why that's there. Uh, it was just part of their 79 logo. Um, I believe it just is like Spartans basketball on it. Let me take a, blow it up here. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm pandering a little bit to you with the Michigan State number one pick, but I, it was only <laughs> fair because, again, they've been doing it for years. Uh, other teams like Illinois and, and Ohio State have, also brought it back. I think more teams should do it. I think Iowa has a cool throwback look, if I'm remembering correctly, with the, the cursive. Um, so they should also, you know, try it out because Michigan State kind of started it, and they've been rocking with it. I did not know that fact, though, that they wear it on certain – with certain conditions or, or during postseason runs. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's always been like that, but, you know, I definitely remember – I want to say it might have been 2014. might have been the first time they were doing it. Um, I want to say that Big Ten tournament, they wore the, the white jerseys when they were favored. And then during the NCAA tournament, they wore the white jersey. And it, from then on, uh, they've just been kind of wearing that throughout March. Um, you see it every once in a while in a, in a big home game. Like, I know they wore them against Michigan uh, earlier this season. But mostly it's just a March thing. And I think that kind of makes it a little bit more special, too. All right, well, I've got a few honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut. I'll list them real quick and let me know if any jump out to you. But I had the Ohio State classic look. I, I think the Buckeye stickers on the helmet is another one that just stood out to me when I was a young kid. I think watching the 2002 National Championship game uh, was the first time I really noticed it and noticed, like, hey, that's Ohio State football. That's what they do. What, asking my dad, hey, why do they have the stickers on the helmet? What is that? Um Michigan, we talked about the Jumpman look. I really like when they have the Jumpman maze uniforms and the blue-winged helmets. They usually – I feel like they wear it whenever they play Florida in football for some yeah, reason. Yeah. They'll wear it in a bowl game. Um, I like that look a lot. Uh, Rutgers chrome helmets, pretty cool. Uh, I think those harken back to some better days of Rutgers football. I'm not sure if they introduced those under Shiano or not, but I feel like that was a late 2000s look for some reason. I could be wrong there. Um, Purdue's basketball – jerseys that are from the big dog era in the 90s with the sash yeah those are those are solid I like yeah those. yeah the sash look across almost like the beauty pageant look i don't know what you'd call it or what purdue fans would call it but uh the sash basically runs from one of the shoulders down to the opposite leg um and it's definitely a unique look and then i like the minnesota kevin McHale kevin McHale era jerseys it says um kind of an arch there's minnesota across the top Number, arch across the bottom, Gophers. It's just a really classic look with uh, a obviously iconic player and in an era that produced a lot of great basketball jerseys. So those are my honorable mentions. I don't know if, if any of those jump out at you besides the Purdue one. No, those are, oh, those are some good picks. Obviously, the Ohio State helmet, it's an it's a iconic helmet. You always know about the Buckeye stickers. And, you know, I'm a big fan of – the tradition of the sport and all of that. And I think that is one of the things that stands out when you think of college football. If you see that helmet with those stickers and nothing else, you know it's an Ohio State helmet. I just thought of this because I realized I probably hadn't mentioned anything with Western related yet. Um, what they've been doing the last couple of years with their senior day jerseys in basketball. They kind of let the players design them. Take a page That's out cool of the – Take a page – yeah, take a page out of the 
a classic NBA look. They did a cool Vancouver Grizzlies one. I think that was their best overall uh, in 2019, senior day. They had those. They did the Utah Jazz look this year, which was pretty good. And I like their Gothic look, too, that uses the font that's all across their campus. It's the black jerseys mm-hmm. with an old Gothic print. Pretty yeah, creative. Yeah, like the, good job uh, by Under Armour with those. Agree. Yeah, sorry to catch you off. Um, and the fact that they, you know, they had a, a pretty tough year in hoops and wound up winning in those uniforms this year, they upset Penn State. So I wonder if it's one of those, like, hey, maybe we keep this one around, you know, maybe bring it back when we have, like, a you know, a rivalry game with Illinois or something like that. And I don't think they should just – those don't necessarily have to be just one-offs. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, all right, H, you heard my list. Um, pretty good list, if I do say so myself. Nice. Pretty Very good list. Let's hear, let's hear what you got. I know you expanded your horizons a little bit, um, and I'll try and offer some some feedback as you go along. All right, so I, I won't go uh, one through ten, but and I, I tried to to stay away from Big Ten a little bit here. Um, obviously, I had the Michigan State scripts uh, script State uniforms in here. Um, I think that was a no brainer. For me, at least, uh, Ohio State football, just the classic scarlet and gray. I love the, the red uni, gray pants, gray helmet. You know, it, it screams college football to me. Um, I had Penn State as an honorable mention look. You know, I think, again, it's it's a classic look, but it's almost a little too plain for me. Um, I know that might be controversial, but I think we're on I just the feel about the, when they put the names on the back of the uniforms. I was watching – we've been replaying classic games on our air quite a bit, obviously, um, last couple months. And yesterday there was a, a Penn State football game from, like, the 20 the, – the Bill O'Brien, and they had the names on the uniforms. And it, um, I don't know how you felt about that. I like it. Um, I know some people are very, like, hey, their uniform didn't have names, so it just shouldn't have names. But, you know, I actually like names on the back. No, that doesn't bother me. I know there's only a few schools that don't have them. Like, I know USC still doesn't have them. Uh, you know, Penn State obviously is one of those, but Bama. no, I, I like the names on the back. I don't think Bama has them, do they? No, they do. They do. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. For some reason I was picturing like remember the Titans. I think because they're such a similar. <laughs> look. Um, yeah, I know USC. I think is probably the other big program that doesn't. Um, which is weird because you know. Yeah, as a viewer, I always like having USC. the. I like having the names in the back. I just like knowing who's out there and like being able to easily identify players. I think Penn State, when they went to the names, they kind of did it. I don't know if they did it in a hurry or what. Like, obviously, I don't want to assume, but the they just kind of did it in that that script you had your little league jerseys ironed on with, you know. Mm-hmm. So if they went to a more like permanent look, um, I could get on board. But I agree with some of the fans that it, it looked kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of having them. It's, it's kind of like an ode to the guys who stayed, um, you know, through all of the sanctions and stuff and kind of, mm. you know, made sure that they were known. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't necessarily like the font that came with those. For sure. All right, sorry to interrupt. Let's see what else you got. Uh, no worries. Um, so, for me, you know, I mentioned the, the Big Ten ones. Uh, I'm a fan of colors. Like, I like bright colors. And so uh, the LSU purple uniform for me is one that sticks out. Um, I love the the purple jersey with the white pants with the yellow helmet. Um, and, again, it's a look you don't see often. It's only for their non-conference home games. And so the fact that you don't – you only see it maybe once or twice a year. You know, it's kind of spread out throughout the year. Um, the fact that they have all of the colors kind of come together, the purple and gold, I think is a, is a really cool look. Um, and I, I really like that Jersey. I mean, their white Jersey is really nice as well, but that purple one just kind of sticks out to me. That's another school that doesn't go through or doesn't go alternate very often. <clears throat> no, nah. very bread and butter set that they go with. I agree. I agree. Um, on the hoop side, um, there's a couple of these that are pretty specific. Um, <clears throat> so for me, and I know the athletic kind of did a, their list of the best college basketball uniforms. And it kind of took me down memory lane a little bit. I will say maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I remember vividly because I was a huge Jersey guy when I was uh, in middle school and high school. 
and the Georgetown basketball uh, uniforms that Allen Iverson had with the kente cloth mixed in with the jersey. It was a look that I absolutely loved. Um, the the gray and the baby blue, I mean, the, the navy blue, uh, it was a nice contrast there. And plus the, the little accents with the kente cloth really made that uniform pop. Georgetown's just got a cool, kind of unique overall look. And now they got Jumpman um, jerseys. It's funny, in the MJ doc, Patrick Ewing was talking about getting punked by Jordan. He's wearing Jumpman gear as the head coach of Georgetown now. Um, yeah, that is weird seeing that, right? Yeah, I like Georgetown's look. It's a very cool, like you said, kind of mix of gray and navy. It's, it's, a, it's a scheme that not a whole lot of colleges have. The jump man always adds like a, a extra layer of credibility and and uh, and swag to to any college jersey. I think. Yeah, not completely fair. But especially I also know, on the hoop side. Yeah, I know what you're going for with the the throwback look as well. Exactly. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the of the program itself, but it's kind of hard to deny uh, the baby blue and so. The North Carolina basketball uniforms, I think, are always a really, really nice uniform. That baby blue and white um, kind of has the argyle print on along the side. Uh, you really can't go wrong with it. Um, I think the fact that the Jumpman logo on, you know, like the, the lapel part, and you have just the simple north with the number and then Carolina on the bottom, I'm a big fan of just the, the whole look in general with the Argyle on the side. It's a really, really clean look. The colors really pop as well. Yeah, it's a great look, great color palette. And I agree, like, the actual jerseys give me nightmares because I first think 2005 title game and Illinois is wearing the orange, North Carolina is wearing the baby blue. And um, in the end, it was the baby blue celebrating. So that's always, that's always been why, like, you know, some people who are even North Carolina fans who I know – wear like the 23 Jordan jersey. I don't think I could ever wear it myself, but I do appreciate it. No, nah, that's definitely a jersey I couldn't wear, but I fully appreciate the uh, the color scheme, how it looks, and obviously they win a lot of games in them. For sure, for sure. What else you got? Anything else uh, on the list? Uh, on the football side, I mean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't have some Oregon in here. Um, so I know – I remember um, – mid 90s when Oregon you know got a little good not nearly what they are now uh before they went crazy with the uniforms but the when they used to have the the logo with the duck going through the o like i remember those uniforms specifically and they've kind of brought a rendition of those back over the last couple of years with the the yellow jersey with that the, the fighting ducks, I believe it was. Yeah, those um, are great. Across the front. Like, I'm a huge fan of those. Um, and the fact that they actually looked like a duck in one of the uniforms where they had, like, the the orange the orange socks with the, the white pants. Like, they made themselves actually look like a duck. Um, again, a little weird. Don't do it often. I think, you know, a one-off, you know, for a year or – Every couple of years, I think it's pretty cool to do it. Uh, but, you know, the fact that Oregon pretty much branded themselves as this school that wants to be cool because they didn't have an identity before and this became their identity. You got to show Oregon love with that. Yeah, they changed the game. And, again, it was at a time, especially for me, when new flashy gear was really in. It was like high school for me. Everyone was wearing the Nike Elite socks with the colors. Um Oregon was a very successful, popular team at that time. It the retro look hadn't really come back yet, outside of like snapback hats at that point. Like people weren't wearing kind of the classic champion gear that you see now, or just the script kind of old college style shirts like you see now. It was all about getting like the flashy colors or the newest design, the Nike Elite design, and Oregon just kind of mastered it. Yeah, I completely agree. And everybody's trying to be Oregon. Um, you know, Under Armour obviously has done some things and, you know, Maryland for a while was kind of having a different uniform every week. And, you know, I think there are some combos that are good there, but I pretty much, I mean, I can probably count on one hand a number of Oregon uniforms I dislike. 
So I think uh, Phil Knight has done a really good job with that. For sure. Uh, anything else on your list, H? Uh, so I think there's there's a couple more. Uh, I really, really like the Florida State football, uh, the Garnet jersey, like the burgundy. Yeah. With, with that gold helmet, the spear. I love everything about that. Uh, the fine on the back of the jersey. Again, it's a color that you don't see often in college football. When you see it, you kind of know who it is. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of my childhood seeing Florida State uh, play so well, especially against Miami. I love seeing those kind of like color contrasts. Right. With that, with that orange and with that burgundy. And so, uh, again, light colors. I think that's a really cool look. Another instance where the trim is really iconic, kind of like Maryland had with basketball. Florida State, you kind of see the collar. Yeah, on the sleeves, and you know. Yeah, big fan of that. And I guess for the for the last one for me, um, it's not necessarily a jersey, but I remember this helmet, and it was an Army Navy game. It was five years ago, and Navy had these customized helmets that actually had it was like a, a blue helmet, and it had the ships, like the actual. Navy ships on the helmet. It might be the coolest helmet I've ever seen. Um, again, the uniform itself was kind of whatever, but for that one year, I think, I'm pretty sure it was 2015 um, against Army, they had this really, really cool helmet that had like the actual Navy ships on it and the, the, the 3D look of it all. It was one of the sweetest things I've seen. Yeah, some really good uniforms come out of the Army Navy game every year because they do like specialty ones. Um, for the game every year. And not even just that, like, it's always a great spectacle. One, because there's not really much football on that weekend. Uh, I think it's kind of the weekend before the championship games, if I can remember correctly. A lot of times it'll be the week after. After, yeah. yep. Like yep. Dad and Heisman, and that's it. Yep, in December. And it's cool, not only, like I said, with the, the teams, but it's just a different visual you get with the service members in the crowd because they're usually all wearing um, the – I guess I don't know if uniforms or regalia would be the correct term for it, but it's it's just a very different look uh, looking student section, and it's all uh, obviously very trim, proper, and, and but they're all going nuts and like throwing their their hats up in the air, and it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, I've heard from everybody who's gone how awesome of an experience it is. Isn't that like Donardo's like favorite game ever or something? <clears throat> yeah, I want to say he went for, for maybe it was the first time a couple years ago, and he loved it. Um, told me how much how much fun he had. And so <clears throat> I'd like to go to a game like that as just a, a neutral observer, just be there and take in all of the atmosphere. And, and hopefully we can get back to that at some point. Definitely. Definitely. Hopefully this year. Um, well, that was a good list, H. I'm glad we, you brought the national angle into it. Um, and, you know, as as we go along, just continue to keep trying to think of – creative topics and and stuff that can generate some debate and stuff that uh, unfortunately doesn't have anything to do with any live sports, but, uh, you know, still still gets people going nonetheless. Yeah. No, again, trying to find something different every week is fun. Um, I definitely enjoyed this. I will say it's not a uniform per se, but I'm a huge fan of the color rush itself. I love when football teams – both wear their home jerseys for a game. Yeah. USC, UCLA is always a huge one for me with that, seeing UCLA in their red. I mean, uh, USC in their red, UCLA in their blue face off against each other. It's always a, like a cool contrast of colors there. And so I wish more teams would do that. How awesome would it be to kind of see, you know, Ohio State in their red, Michigan in their blue, and they just go at it. Agreed. Agreed. I, I enjoy them. The NFL does that too. Um, all right, man. Uh, I'll let you go. I – I don't know if you've gotten outside today, but it's one of the best days of weather we've had so far in Chicago. And like, I think my sunburn's gonna gonna set in here uh, as soon as I get off the call. It's that delayed reaction thing. I came right inside from sitting uh, in my back deck, and um, you know, it'll take a little while, but I think I'll probably be pretty sore tonight. Yeah, I had to go check it out because I hadn't gone out today. I know I was out over the weekend, and it was great. Saturday was awesome. It's been really, really cold these last couple of days, so I'm glad to know that it warmed up. I had to get out there. Very, very nice day. Saturday was great. Let's get back in the 70s and um, hopefully 
<laughs> hopefully people still are uh, being safe out there despite the, the weather kind of giving us that sense of uh, normalcy. Yeah, exactly. Just to sit out on your deck, sit out on your porch, whatever it is, and just kind of have a drink and, you know, Zoom call your people and do it that way. Eventually we'll be back out, but there's no need to rush it right now. All right. We'll talk soon, H. Sounds good. Appreciate you jumping on as always. Yeah, no problem, man. Looking forward to whenever we do this again, we'll figure out another topic to debate about. For sure. All right. Thanks once again to Harold and TJ Hawkinson for joining the show. Appreciate those guys. Appreciate everyone out there for listening. Hopefully continue to uh, stay on top of these episodes as they come out. Trying to get uh, regular cadence, you know, for people who are now settled into a work from home rhythm. And so I think I've said every time, hopefully we can get back to a uh, semblance of normalcy here soon and get sports back up and get up and going again uh, when things are safe to do so. So appreciate everyone out there for listening. Thank you to Julie Bronder, our producer, for stitching the show together. And we will talk to you soon here on the Take 10 Podcast.